Hey everybody, you're listening to the second greatest running podcast in the world, Whereabouts Failure, brought to you by P2E Studios. Welcome back to Whereabouts Failure, a podcast for runners that might need to enter the witness protection program or are just looking to rebrand the sport of running. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I'm joined by Mike Gendron, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, as always, I'm just happy to be here talking to the Whereabouts Warriors, you know, my favorite people on the entire planet. And it just feels good to be here as we always are every single week, just just talking to talking to those those folks and 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 you know talking about running and everything that comes with it um you know i i, I didn't really want to start the the podcast talking about this but i just feel like i guess i probably should um trent i guess steve's the only d2 athlete on this podcast these days huh and you know, as always, I mean, not as always, this is the first time ever at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? What's up, Whereabout Warriors? And what's up to all my fellow D1 athletes? I chose there? D1, baby. I chose D1. That's really the reason why I, you know, went to Stonehill College was that I could be a D1 athlete. You know, my favorite part about this is on like a serious note is that I feel like like UMass Lowell, which used to battle Stonehill back in the day. I feel like they got way too excited about being able to like get up and call themselves either D1 athletes or D1 alumni. And now we finally get to, to have that same uh, credentials and that same bragging rights. So yeah, I'm proud to be a D1 athlete. Um, I was going to go totally different with this intro, but Mike's just got me fired up about the fact that I'm a D1 athlete, just like those guys over at the University of Oregon, just like those guys <laughs> over at the University of North Carolina State, all these powerhouse running programs, Stonehill is right up and can be mentioned in the same breath of them. Well, so I it, it like it, for anybody who doesn't know what's going on here, our Trent and I's, you know, uh, former college team just announced that they're going division one. And this is really best case scenario for us, Trent, right? Because we got to have the D2 experience. We got to choose D2. We got to go to national championships. We got to have all of like the low key things that come with being a D2 athlete and, you know, not having to like uh, struggle to like barely, you know, you know, chase a, uh, water balls and stuff like that for a d1 program we got to have all like the the glitz and glamour of being on a d2 program but now like we don't have to go through the suspension period because there's a, a certain period of time when uh you can't compete in national championships like that you don't have to go through all like the transition period of becoming a d1 program you don't have to go up and get your butt kicked by like these crazy d1 teams but we can still say that our, our team is D1 now. So this is best case scenario for us. Yeah, no we, can also, we can also say that we laid the groundwork. for. Oh, uh, true, it, true, yeah, true. Didn't even it, consider that. Wasn't for our performances on the track and on the cross country course. There's no way that Stonehill would be in the position true. to become division one. So, and 
And really, we just got so <laughs> much better. Like, think about this. All right, all right. Enough, we right. just got so much better. Well, I don't understand why. I mean, I guess I get why it makes sense for a school to go from D2 to D1. But Stonehill was set up in a really nice spot. I, I, I just think that the NE10, especially for runners, is it's just the perfect – it's the perfect D2 conference because it's like – it's it's a perfect balance of competition, participation. Like anybody can walk onto a team, but you're going to perform at a high level. Like it, the NE10 is just a great conference, and it it totally made sense for uh, UMass Old to jump to uh, to 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 D1 a, 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 a while ago now. But I mean, we, we're getting real specific here, and we're kind of alienating some of the two crew with this conversation, but. Whereabouts what warriors? warriors oh yeah. yeah, whereabouts warriors? Sorry, no, we're still calling them two two crew. That's just that it is. What it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it did to me that when I saw that news, I was like, I don't know if that makes a ton of sense sense for Stonehill. I you know, again, we're we're going way off the the rails here, but a lot of the decisions made at Stonehill Athletics are not with cross country and track and field in mind, which is unfortunate because it's like the best program that the school has to offer. Uh, I think this was fully a um, school growth and with other sports in mind type of decision. Uh, But like Trent said, I like to think it's because of the, the, the the groundwork that we laid. Yeah. I mean, any 10 is All an right, excellent. Hold on. hold on. Just last point. This any 10 right. is an excellent athletic conference for a school like Benley. But for a school like Stonehill, that you're is right. You're right. A school, that, a school that has rigorous academics and the students need to spend just as much time in the library as they do in the gym. You're right. It's tough. It's tough to make that leap. For a school that couldn't it's hang a good on point, the athletic Steve. complexes and the athletic arenas. But a, a school like Stonehill was really just getting too good for it. Uh, for the NE10 and, and had to move on, but it, it's a good it's a good fit for a lot of other programs. Don't get me wrong. All right, all right, <laughs> enough of this. You guys are <laughs> pathetic. You guys are absolutely pathetic. Um, I just came from setting up the 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 Boston Marathon Expo. I am going to be there for the next three days. It's going to be a long long weekend for me. Um, I am going to be bouncing between the Saucony booth and the CEP booth. Um, probably most of the time at the CEP booth. So if there's any, uh, whereabouts warriors, two crew members that are at the expo, be sure to stop by, say hi. I'd love to chat it up with you. Um, on marathon Monday, we got marathon Monday coming up. This is going to be a little bit of a challenging marathon Monday, last marathon Monday, which was in October, which was unbelievable it was just a perfect day all three of us were in town this year it's going to be a little bit more difficult uh you know we got we got little kids so mike's not going to be able to make it in trends on the other side of the country i will be there i'm going to be at mile 16 um at the saucony cheer station for most of the race but what i am going to do is i'm going to organize a little get together to go grab a beer in boston post race so is there any any uh anyone that is listening that is either running the race, coming in to spectate, you want to meet up for a beer on Monday evening, I will be organizing a little get-together. Should be fun. Some uh, uh, some potential friends of the program, some maybe coaches slash athletes um, that, are, that are going to be joining us. So um, hit me up. I'll, I'll let you know where we're going. Um, there's also a, uh, a 
two crew powered party that none of us are going to be there at, at the Cleveland Circle area. So I've already set some people set some people up with the contacts in that area. So lots going on. I wish we could be there, but it's a it's a tough weekend, you know, with you got little kids running around and it's Easter weekend. Guys, I hate that the I hate it when the Boston Marathon falls on Easter weekend. And I just look back on Columbus Day weekend this past fall and I'm just like how perfect of a day that was. This spring's just always crazy. Easter weekend just it's 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 a mess, but um, it, it should be a, a great, it's looking like it's going to be a great day for a marathon. Boston marathon is always awesome, even though if it is not quite as good as it would have been in the fall. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we, we talked about it quite a bit when the, the marathon was in the fall and we kind of felt it as like blasphemy to be talking the way that we were, that it was kind of awesome to have it in the fall. Uh, you know, We've we have done our fair share of, you know, tongue bathing Patriots Day and how much Patriots Day means to us and all that stuff. But like, it's just unfortunate when it lands on Easter weekend. Like, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it is unfortunate. You know what I mean? It it, it kind of takes away, I suppose, from the, ho- the holiday weekend when you're merging two holiday weekends and people got family stuff and all that thing. Um, so it, it is what it is. But Steve, you did mention one thing that I don't want to gloss over. So the two crew uh, party in Cleveland Circle, like I don't want to gloss over that. Like that's not a thing. If people are going into the, into the marathon, DM us and, and let us know, because listen, we're all our own fair share of washed up. But I have a feeling that the two crew meetup party going down in Cleveland Circle at mile 22 is a little bit less washed up of a party than you're seeing here on this very podcast. And I think it's going to be a good time. So I don't want people to think that like, there's not going to be a place for you to go. If you want to throw down and have a good time, I think mile 22 is going to be a damn fine for you. Damn fine place for you to go and have a good time. So make sure that you let us know if you're looking for a good place to go, because we got a good place for you to go. And I've already, we've already heard from, from like, some of the staples of two crew nation, you know, Buffalo Brian's going to be there. Uh, boss man, Joe Rand is going to be there. Chris Gendron's hosting the party. So there's going to be, there's going to be two crew representation out at mile 22. Certainly uh, disappointed. I'm not going to make it to the Cleveland circle party. I'm not going to see the marathon this year. Uh, maybe most importantly though, I'm disappointed that I'm going to miss Steve's Expo uh, booth that's going on here. I mean, Expos are my <laughs> thing. And to hear that Steve is setting up, sounds like he's in charge or something like that. I would just be living that. So I, I'm very right. bummed to not be a part of uh, the Expo experience. I'm going to be I'm going to be dunking on all these junk science people with real science. We got CEP compression out there. This is tried and true, legitimate science out there. So it's just going to be, you know, I'm surrounded by junk science out there and I'm going to be preaching gospel of compression do you feel like the legitimacy of your products is declining by being at an expo surrounded by nothing but junk science dude expos i mean i i i I mean i'm gonna have it's gonna be a good time hanging out with my saucony crew hanging out with my cep crew but expos are brutal man they are just (laughs) they are just brutal this is this is very good that uh, you know, episode one of whereabouts failure is covering, you know, cause I think 
early episodes of uh, other running podcasts. I mean, this is a topic that has come up early and often in, in other said running podcasts. But I just think it's fitting that early in Whereabouts Failure, uh, we're talking about expos and how miserable they are. And Trent, I know that at this point, you'll still contend that they're good. Steve, I feel like you kind of had a break away from expos for a while. And now that you're back in the thick of it, I mean, I can already see, I can already see the look in your eyes, the deadness in your eyes <laughs> from one day of being at a marathon expos. They suck. They are for everybody. I, I, I don't want to like sit here and beat this point to death because we already have expos are the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody working there, going there a runner anybody anybody who's involved needs to go to an expo it's just hell on earth you're you're too healthy of a runner mike you do not get injured enough as a guy with you know back oh, issues no, don't tell me i'm too healthy of a runner you are, you're too healthy you I'm don't, don't tell me about being the only thing that i want right now after like a long day with like a few different pains hitting me is to walk into an expo and have one guy give me some magic pills that'll make my pain away have another person give me some weird new massage done invention that like massages you in six directions at once have another person just come over here and give me some sort of hypnosis that makes it all go away and somebody else gives me convinces me to buy like a pair of ice bath shoes that you can like wear with an ice bath while you're running that is what i need right now and i would I can't imagine anything else that would that would propel me to be a better athlete. Yeah, and, and that, unfortunately, there's no expos out in East Idaho focused on uh, long distance running. And how has that worked out for you, Trent, as you know, a, a constantly injured yeah, runner? Listen, I, how has that worked out for you? Has your junk science, you know, proved to keep you nice and healthy and, and free of injury over the Gentle years? Trental over here. Yeah. Every every marathon I've started, I've finished. I just I wish there were more expos. That's the problem. I need more expos to get more junk science in me. So I'm like a big uh, I'm about to show my real nerd side here, but I love fantasy baseball. I'm a big, big fantasy baseball guy when a lot of these um you know, when they are like analyzing players and like injury history of players, they talk a lot about like um, persistent injuries. Like, you know, if somebody's injuring their shoulder over and over again, they have Tommy John surgery and they have the same injury. And then they have people who have like uh, unpredictable injuries or, or, you know, they take a line drive to the knee or, you know, get hurt doing something unique. Um, they put those two people into two different categories, injury prone versus like kind of like, you know, crazy injuries. Trent, I feel like you are the full gambit of like persistent injuries. Like you have <laughs> your consistent injuries where your IT band has been has been broken since the day I met you like nine years ago. And you break your leg like skydiving every other week. You are a fantasy baseball and a fantasy runner <laughs> and, and, and a marathoner's worst nightmare with injuries. Your fantasy running program or your, or your fantasy baseball league <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. for that matter. Cause I'm going to take up a big, uh, I'm going to be sitting on that DL or your IR or whatever you want to call it in your fantasy league for a nice chunk of the season. Well, Hey guys, the, we had, you know, we had opening day baseball. We had the Masters the right time of year with full crowds. We got the Boston Marathon at the time. It's supposed to be held with a full field. It's the world is back. 
Like everything is back. Like this is, you know, I was at the expo setting up. There was a bunch of people. Nobody was wearing a mask. I was just like, this, at, setting up at the expo, I was like, the first time I felt like the world is is back since COVID. And it's, and it's a good feeling. Now, not to say COVID's, I want to say COVID's gone and I'm not going to, you know, knock on wood that we might not get another spike and things might not go back to the way they were, at least for a little bit. But at least for right now, the world feels back to normal. And I'm, ex- even though, even though marathons in the fall are significantly better than marathons in the, in the spring, I am very excited for Marathon Monday. It's going to be a fantastic day, and hopefully, we're gonna we're gonna have a good time out there after the race with with some of the two crew. Um, we have we're gonna dive into some Boston Marathon a little bit later in the show. We're gonna do a fantasy draft. We're gonna pick our uh, we're gonna pick our well. I don't know if I want to do a call fantasy draft. We're gonna do our pick them. So we're gonna we're gonna make some picks. We're gonna do a snake draft. We're gonna put a little uh, put a little dough on the line. Pick our our winners. For the uh, for the race, so we're gonna do that later in the show. We're gonna we got some some topics to cover, but before we do that, we're talking about all the greatness that comes along with spring and all the like I said, opening day baseball, uh, the Boston Marathon, and the Masters. And with the Masters, I feel like you know it, it's it's one of the coolest events. It's one of my favorite events every year. I get really jacked up for it. Um, I, I just, I like having the TV on while I do my work. I like having it on in the background as I go about my day during the weekend. It's just kind of one of the most relaxing kind of signs that, that winter is over that, that we have. And throughout the masters, there was a couple, I kept drawing parallels to running. And a lot of them came from our guy, Tiger Woods, that just absolutely took over the, uh, the masters in a way, kind of in a way, like more than he's ever done. I mean, he's, we've, you know, there was earlier running podcasts that talked about, you know, a big, one of the first episodes we ever did was when his miraculous comeback win in 2019, this year, you had a guy that was just by announcing that he was in the field, completely took over one of the greatest sporting events in the history of, of the world and kind of stopped. And, and I, and I, I'll, there's, there's a lot to talk about there, but one of the things, and they talked about like Tiger Woods's incredible recovery to get to this point. And for those of you who don't know, he was in a, a really bad car accident. Um, he almost had his leg amputated. The fact that he's even walking on a golf course, playing golf course is a, is a, is a miracle. Never mind, you know, making the cut, being one of the leaders after the first day. So there's all that, but they were Steve, talking about his, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but imagine being somebody who didn't didn't know that that didn't know that tiger woods was in a car accident well, and i mean I, i'm sure it's possible runners, mike we're talking I, I i know i'm sure it's possible i just like that's something that like my brain breaks when i think about somebody who didn't know that tiger woods was in like a life-threatening car accident sorry I just... <laughs> so they're, they're talking about his like brutal morning routine how he has to get up at four every morning go through this routine just to get himself ready to be able to take the first tee box. And like everybody was making a big deal out of how every single day he has to take an ice bath. And they were talking about like there was every single news outlet was talking about uh, Tiger Woods's ice bath that he has to take every single morning. And every single time I feel like every runner just their eyes were rolling out of their head. It's like it's like first off, like if if we didn't take ice baths, we wouldn't be able to to do our sport. It's a key part of 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 training. But it's like it's also one of those things where it's like as a runner, you're 
you're at times you're in so much pain. Your legs are so swollen and so beat up where it's like an ice bath is, is almost soothing. And it just spoke to like how painful our sport is. And it's like, Oh, I'm glad that your sport is so uh, comfortable and relaxing where the toughest part of competing is the fact that you have to take an ice bath in the morning. What I would do to have uh, like an ice machine in the the place I'm living in, in the <laughs> house I'm in, to have an ice machine and like a bath and even like the, the nice ones that we had, at least at our college, where you turn the little jet thing on and the water's swirling around you to get that nice flow of cold on you or just the old school, Classic you know, one college. Yeah, we D1 had to go facilities. We had to go lug our light ice to, you know, in the into the into the, you know, the tub ourselves. We had to well, do it. The, we had to do it the hard way. I'm too lazy to do that now to go to my like freezer and get the, you know, the ice trays and start pushing them out. And then it's just, there's not enough ice for that. What I would do to have the capability to take an ice bath in my house, like every day or whenever I wanted to, I, I would, I would love that. So yeah, it was a perk that Tiger got to to have the setup and have his ice baths every day. Jordan, are you, do you, is your only um, method of ice right now is an ice tray? No, nah, it does have the ice machine thing, I guess, that like okay. comes out. But I don't know how to get in there. I was going to say that I was going to say an ice tray is I mean, that's whew, man. You gotta go buy the bags of ice. Yeah. You, at that point, it's like you don't even waste your time with the ice it's tray because ha- half the time it doesn't even ice. work. And it's like you don't even know you need ice until you realize your ice is your ice tray is not filled. So, yeah, I mean man the ice tray it's just a forget about it but 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 to your point yes yes an ice bath like being a headline like can you imagine if like going into the boston marathon one of these athletes uh you know taking ice bath was a headline story and now listen i get it right like it's tiger woods so anything he does is going to draw headlines and going to be a story and coming off this injury. So obviously like propels it to the next level and and it makes it a bigger deal. But like when you do compare it, like preparing for the masters versus preparing for the Boston marathon, the most like injured, all this, like trying his best to hold on to his career golfer versus literally every person who's competing at the Boston marathon, taking ice baths every day and, you know, doing everything they can to recover their body on a daily basis. It, it's a ridiculous comparison. And the, the, the other thing I kind of wanted to bring up about Tiger Woods, and I, I was just kind of fascinated about how like this, this guy kind of made the world like the the golf world stop and it didn't matter but it didn't like in 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 golf embraced it they were like tiger woods potentially playing is the most important thing here like kind of screw everybody else but he kind of tiger woods is is the main reason golf is where it's at today and the the purses are or have just grown exponentially over the past two decades because of what Tiger has done in the sport. So like, I think all the golfers out there don't mind it because they understand what he has done to their career and their bank accounts. And I was thinking about it, like, you know, why, how can we get people like that or somebody like that in running? And I was thinking about like who Tiger is um, kind of how he differs in terms of his, 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 uh, his, um, image than most runners. And I, and I kept coming back to 
like he is the perfect American headline where he was the greatest of all time. He had his downfall. He built himself back up. And I think the reason that 95% of people watching this love him and they want him to succeed despite all the shortcomings is because I think he, we recognize that he's a flawed human being, right? And the reason I bring that up is because I think in our sport, everybody has to be so perfect and everybody has to put out this image of being perfect and nobody kind of embraces their flaws and the running media absolutely doesn't embrace flaws. I think that we're kind of the only, only media outlet that, that might embrace some flaws. And like, you know, I think, I I don't know. I just thought it was interesting how like you can, you can do, you can have done bad things. You can be a good person and the world can still kind of like get behind you and want you to succeed And like, is there something that the the sport of running can learn from that? I, I think a hundred percent. I mean, I think we've preached this a million times. I mean, obviously not in this platform. Maybe there was other former running podcasts that talked about things like this. I don't know. I wasn't a part of those, but, um, but I just think, yeah, I mean, it's Steve, it's like, it's the, um, just a different, it's taking a, a different take on the sport. And like you said, not having, not every single story needs to be the feel good story. And I think, uh, not every athlete needs to be as like clean cut and polished as, you know, as we see, I think seeing more of the human side and not like the robotic side of these athletes, I definitely think makes them a, a more compelling um, story. And, and, and something one that guy, people- one guy has done that kind of, and he became the biggest name in the sport and Craig, where it's like, I'm not saying Craig right. has ever no, done anything. No, you're right. Bad, but it's like he's like he embraced like who he he's embraced who he is, even if some of those things might be considered flaws in terms of being the perfect athlete or the perfect track athlete. Um, and because of that, it's it's just the smallest bit of personality. It's the and, smallest bit of this person isn't a robot. He's a human being, and he's 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 the biggest he's the biggest name in in U.S. distance running because of it. So yeah. I, I just think that there's, I just, I just think there's, I, I, I don't know. I think, I just think there's something to be said for that. No. And, and I think like it's tough, right? Because it's tough to compare anybody to tiger, right? Cause tiger is a one in a billion, one in a generation type athlete in his sport. But you bring up a good point with, with uh, Craig, where it was like, Craig hit this perfect moment where he, uh, was finding his personality and his like um, uniqueness at the same time that he was competing incredibly well as an athlete and winning U.S. championships and stuff like that. So at that moment in time, Craig became this ultra superstar because he was a personality and because he was competing well. And it's like it's hard to find that balance, and you you don't often see that where Tiger like obviously had that crazy run of being amazing. And I don't want to keep bringing it back to this, but when we talk about marathoning and I know, I know he will never be like the personality of tiger or definitely not the personality of Craig, but 
I do think there's something to be said for like all like the crazy things that Kipchoge is doing with like, uh, you know, the, the sub two hour marathon and all that stuff and like making headlines outside of running where he is a personality, like people recognize the name Kipchoge outside of just the running community. And if Kipchoge was coming to Boston, which many running podcasts have talked about in the past. If Kipchoge was coming to Boston, I do think that that would be a legitimate story. And I think it'd be something that would compel people outside of the running community and might make this Boston marathon, a more significant Boston marathon than we've seen in the past, right? Like I'm not saying it's going to have the tiger approach where it completely like takes over the entire sport and completely takes over the entire sports media. But if Kipchoge announced tomorrow that he was going to show up and run at the Boston Marathon, all of a sudden this becomes a story outside of just the running community. So I feel like he is somebody who has not not a tiger appeal, but somebody like great bigger than life type appeal. But I, I will say with that, if Kipchoge did decide to show up in Boston, he did something cool where he surprised people and showed up to, to Boston, kind of tiger-esque the sport of running in the main media sources and the BAA Boston marathon, whatever, wouldn't have the balls to lean into it the way that the masters lean. As soon as tiger showed up at Augusta national on Monday, they canceled all their plans of media coverage and they turned 99% of that media coverage onto is tiger going to play. And then when he's sure. not say, hundred percent of their coverage went to tigers playing and Boston and running media wouldn't have the balls to do that for Kipchoge, even though they should. I think that's a great point, Steve. I think the personalities are there and we've been lucky enough to talk to a lot of elite runners, especially on the American scene and, and some on the international scene. We've never got to talk to Kipchoge, but we've seen the drip Chogi photo shoots and, and we know that he is a personality and has a talent to, you know, be that mega star. So I think that the personalities are, are existing in Craig and, and other guys. It's, it's more, or I think it's probably more of a media coverage thing. It's more of the way uh, the personalities, because so much of the the personalities, like, yes, the athletes have it. It's on display, but it's like what gets chosen to be profiled? What gets chosen to be showcased? Where is the focus? Is the focus of the marathon coverage on the people in, you know, the, the feel-good stories of people that are, are amateurs that are running their first marathon after whatever? Or is the focus on, you know, the elites that have uh, the, the character to back it up and the results to back it up? It, it's kind of the way we're choosing as a, an, a media seen in general to cover these guys i think it's more that than it is you know like i think the personalities are there you just have to you have to latch on to them and put them on display the right way speaking of personalities um that aren't being promoted on uh, uh for for marathon monday uh you know we're talking about arguably the greatest of all time he won't be the greatest of all time until he runs boston kipchoge hashtag not my goat come to Boston. Um, Kenisa Bekele was supposed to run Boston. Um, and he has since dropped out and you heard it on a previous running podcast, not this podcast, but a previous running podcast. As soon as that came out, doubted it from the second it came out saying this probably isn't happening. Yeah, I mean, I don't 
I, I don't think um, there's any real record of me denying that this wouldn't happen or being like, like being very firm in the stance that he was going to run in Boston and that you shouldn't worry about it um, because this is the only podcast I've ever been a part of. And there's no previous podcast where I said anything to the likes of, you know, that we shouldn't be all in on Bekele running in Boston. Um, so because of my clean slate type of situation, I'm in here, I'm going to be, I'm going to say, yeah, I always expected this. And, uh, yeah, it's not a surprise to me that uh, a storyline and, and something Boston having something so good as Kenisa Bekele running, um, was just an aberration and was never going to happen. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel about that. Do we have do we have the full story on I've heard injuries, but like do we know if it's legit or not? What are people saying year. about it? He's done this for his like his last three or four marathons. So I feel like he, I feel like he signs up for marathons and just like picks and chooses like spot picks where he's gonna run and just decided he, that Boston wasn't it for him. I don't know. I wonder if he gets some sort of bonus for announcing that he's gonna run a major. Who knows? It's frustrating. It's it's a shame because we're getting to the point where it's going to be the excitement's not going to be there, you know, when the Kayla runs Boston 2025, you know, it's just not going to be the same. It's going to be, oh, I wish you were there five years ago type of situation. And with each passing year, we're getting to another year where uh, the uh, the glitz and glam and the spotlight on Bekele showing up to Boston is going to be more just kind of like a fun spectacle than let's watch, you know, one of the greatest to to do it on our home turf there i wonder if bekele is a big enough name where he could tell a, 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 a race like london or a race like boston like yeah i will come run your race but i need half of the appearance fee up front and i wonder if he's done you know what i mean like i wonder yeah. i wonder if that's like a real thing that he's just doing like where his career is over and he's just trying to collect a couple extra bucks where and when he can who knows yeah who knows it's frustrating because it, it is a i mean we'll get into it but it is a good field especially like on the men's side it's a very competitive field um and you know i think if bekele is in the field you have to have him as the favorite but it would be a great race like it really it's still going to be a great race but if bekele is in there you have the storyline you have the attention on it and you have this great field behind him that's going to make it an unbelievable race. So, it, yeah, I mean, it sucks. It sucks. So we are going to – we're going to – we're not done with Boston Marathon Talk. We are going to finish the show with the segment. We're going to do a pick em game. But we're going to take a quick break from Boston Marathon Talk, and we're going to talk about some big news that happened this week. Mike, do you want to, do you want to, talk, to talk to the people a little bit about what, uh, what was announced this week or what one of our friends of the program announced? Yeah, uh, I I don't think we need to go into like a big, deep explanation of this. It's this, to, to be honest, and I know it's the first episode, so this isn't saying much. But in the entire time that the three of us have talked with microphones on a recorded platform, which is just today, I suppose, this might be the coolest news I've ever talked about. Yep. And. Devin Allen, who has has been, uh, you know, 
I would say I'll, I'll say he's a member of the whereabouts warriors. Um, he just signed a contract with the Philadelphia Eagles to play football. I mean, how, how cool is this? Like we've always kind of felt like, uh, you know, trying to be the, the, the bridge between track and fields and running and, and other more uh, mainstream sports. And, and to me, this is just like, this is the coolest story in the world. Cause a guy that we have literally talked to on the airwaves who, you know, about guy, this transition about the, yeah, literally like we talked about this type of transition with him to, to sit here and talk about the fact that he next year, we're going to be able to watch him play NFL football is just the coolest thing in the world uh i mean i'm i'm gonna be buying my Devin allen jersey tomorrow should have been a patriot though like yeah such a goddamn good <laughs> patriot. but seriously good for Devin now i mean obviously i love talking to him i love hearing like how confident he was that he could be an NFL player tomorrow after years. And he said he hadn't run real routes in a while. And after years, but part of me in the back of my head is like, yeah, maybe if he really like puts his attention to it and, and trains for six months, 12 months, 18 months in order to get himself back to football shape. No, the guy just is, he's still planning on like running the hurdles this summer in the, in the big championships as well. Right. I believe. Uh, So he's, he's going to like, continue his commitment to the track but he is that talented he's obviously that fast that the eagles are like let's bring him in i know football uh or let's see i'm looking at the contract now uh i know football is weird with their years and stuff but it's like a three-year deal three-year deal seven hundred thousand dollars a year which i don't know minimum i'm pretty sure it's not like a minimum deal like that's like a little bit more than minimum but he just became he just became the the richest track and field athlete yeah, but I mean, I was also thinking like I think there was probably other teams that would have signed him, you know, like that. Oh, yeah. that that's like a real contract out there. So good for Devin Allen. I'm psyched for him. I would have loved to have seen him in New England, but yeah, that was electric to hear that 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 confidence that that skill is is there still, despite the fact that he's still going to be competitively competing in the hurdles this summer. And he so when he when we talked to him on a uh, not not just just some other podcast with that a podcast that shall not be named. When we talked to him, he, he was very confident that he was going to play football. He made it seem very, very confident that he was going to play football again, but we got the impression that he was going to make a serious run at just focusing on the hurdles and just focusing on the next Olympic cycle. And then maybe, you know, in the twilight of his athletic career, he might take a run at trying to make a, you know, make a practice squad roster and then maybe make a, you make the, you make a, the, the big league roster or something. Maybe he was just going to, to me, at least it seemed like he was going to make this attempt at the end of his career, just as one of those things to say that you did it, but by him going out and getting that contract this year, he proved like he's serious about a football career. He's only 27 years old. He signed a three-year contract. And so he's going after it and like, he wouldn't be doing this if he didn't believe that he was going to be a contributor on, on, on an NFL roster. And I'm, I'm pumped for him, man. Like this is, this is like Mike said, this is one of the coolest storylines in track and field. Um, Like when we, 
when we talk about like our, our, our like goal guest to get on this podcast, he was always at the top or uh, other podcasts, whatever. He was always at the top of the list just for that reason, because we were fans of him in college. We're big football fans. We're obviously big track and field fans. And he was the guy that bridged that gap. And uh, yeah, man, we, we had him on. That's so cool. I, so. I think that maybe this brand new, beautiful podcast should consider trying to get Devin Allen on sometime, maybe before preseason to, you know, maybe do a little, uh, um, Oh, shoot, why can't I think of it? What's the what's the 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 TV series? Yeah, do a little hard knocks well, series. Have, with, they, have with... they announced who hard knocks is gonna be this year? I don't think so. Oh my god, yes. imagine if it's the Eagles. Oh, that'd be so because you know, you know, like the track star being on the team would be a, a storyline in hard knocks. Like it would have to be it'd have to be a segment on hard knocks for sure. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see if they have announced. that would be so awesome. You, they would have to talk about that. There's no way they could oh, ignore it. Would be, it'd be a key storyline. Yeah, there's no way they could ignore the track star. It's well, you have one. Yeah, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's going to be the Lions, which I think is uh, Dan Campbell's going to be entertaining. It'd be, be, it'd yeah. be more entertaining with you. But he's got a three-year contract. They've done, I think they've done the Eagles before. Yeah. So I think they do them again. Because I think at this point in, in Hard Knocks, there's teams that are willing to do it, and then there's teams that aren't willing to do it. I, I mostly just want to like, I mean, like you said, uh, Devin Allen was like a, a, a huge guest that we always wanted on on this show or on previous shows um but at this point it's like if if we can try our best to to keep in communication with Devin allen and and have him have him on this show a couple of times like to get a little bit more insight into what's going on like listen i understand this is a running podcast but if we can get Devin Allen to spill a little bit of information about what's going on in the NFL, like, Holy shit. Like that. I mean, that's, that's pretty unique. So I, I, want, love- I want to paint a picture for you right now, Mike and Trent. Okay. So it's like, we're going into like week three of, uh, of, of the, of the regular season, regular, you know, football season. So we're going like week three, four Devin Allen, you know, he, he didn't really see the playing field much week one, week two, Week three, or, or let's say week two, he starts returning some punts. He busts one for thirty yards. He, you know, he's he's securing catches out on the field. He's he's doing he's doing well. Kick returning. They give him a shot as like the a slot or the four wide receiver. He makes a couple grabs, and next thing you know, he becomes like a, a reliable player in that offense. And we log into let's say you know DraftKings Sportsbook, and for the first time, week three, four, week five. There's a Devin Allen prop bet uh, on yards, catches, uh, something like that. Yeah. How how hard are we gonna go at that prop bet? I mean, we can't go on DraftKings and bet on our own sport. So to be <laughs> able to like actually bet on a track guy, granted not in our own sport, but to be able to bet on a track guy, I mean, yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we're, gonna get flagged. we're gonna get flagged as one of the whales that's like yeah oh, that has insider information they're gonna be like oh these guys they've been talking like, to Devin allen too much they did, know something we, about the playbook 
we move the Devin Allen line. <laughs> yeah, we are going to single-handedly move the Devin Allen line like these guys. They got too much insider information. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, congratulations, Devin. We are we are so pumped for you, the whole two crews behind you. And, you know, there's, there's not many things that could get me to cheer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Devin Allen signing with them is one of them. So I will be – I will be – you hear that, Bill? I will be an Eagles fan on just as long as the Patriots aren't playing the Eagles. I will cheer for the Eagles unless they're not playing. If they're not playing Devin, then you know Eagles are back on my shit list. So uh, yeah, let's let's go Eagles. Let's go Devin. I'm excited to see you play on Sundays. All right, boys. So we are going to wrap up the show with. I, I was going to say old school throwback, but this is the first time we've ever done that done this so we're we're not going to say old school throwback we are going to do a little snake draft just to get the juices flowing uh with the boston marathon coming up on monday kind of get some investment behind the guys and gals that will be towing the line in hopkinton and racing all the way to boston we are going to do a snake draft now these rules i'm going to explain the rules we are going to go back and forth and we're each going to pick five runners male or female we need to have at least one male at least one female so you can't pick all women you can't pick all men you need to have at least one male and, and at least one female in your list so but you can pick four guys one girl you can pick four girls one guy however you want to mix it up so we're going to do five and then we're going to do a sixth round and the sixth round is going to be uh usa runner only so an american runner only and so what we're going to do is we're going to take we're going to take the first five runners and the combined finishes. So wherever they finish for the male or female, we're going to combine them up. Whichever is the lower score is the winner. Whoever has the highest finishing American is going to, we're going to allow that person to subtract three points from that total number. So say you get, you get somebody that finishes two, but you know, four, you know, six, you add those up and then you also get the highest finished American. You get to subtract a three from that number. Now I'm going to make this super complicated because we've had this problem in the past where we pick somebody, they don't start and it completely screws up the whole bet, the whole game or whatever. So we are allowing the American to get subbed in for somebody if they DNF or DNS. So that's the one little last stipulation. So I know that's super complicated. You don't need to pay attention to any of that. We're just going to talk about some runners while we, while we draft them. So. Do I have to pay attention to that? Because my head hurts. I don't know. What well, I mean, was that too complicated? No, I think that's perfect, uh, Steve, for like most people. But Trent has is, you know, uh, very frequently drafted marathoners who just are not showing up to that race. So Trent, make sure you know who's running. But luckily, like Steve said, you have that six runner option if you draft some schmuck who just has no chance. Like, I picture you drafting Kenise Bekele with your first overall pick. I was going to save him to my second, actually. I thought he Yeah, you, you, you'd, hope, you'd hope he'd fall to the second round. I'll take Kipchoge number one, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, Steve, what's the order? Are yeah. either of you watching the Celtics game right now? Oh no. The Celtics are not playing right now. 
Is this a replay? Steve's got but, kids. Right, so, so he's but he's but find a way. Find a way to work in this Celtics in the, replay. In the, in the current game I'm watching that's on TV right now, it is, I'm seeing it now. It is a replay. Time out. Time out. I just like freaked out for a second. Because the Celtics yeah. are in the playoffs right now. Yeah, that's right. I totally forgot the playoffs. Celtics, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm pretty sure they don't play right now. Like, that would have so, been concerning. In the game that I am watching, the Celtics have a lead. The closest to the to that lead that they have right now gets to go first. But if you don't get within five, if you don't get within, let's say, seven points of that lead, then I get to go first. Trent, what's okay. your guess? Oh, this is electric. Can we just make this like the big prize instead of the marathoning? No, I, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea what game it is, so I will say they're up by 11 points. Mike? I'll say, I'll say they're up by six points. They are up. They are beating the Utah Jazz by 25 points right now. Which means I get to go first. Mike gets to go second. Trent, you're on the turn with three. All right, I'll take it. All right. Um. All right. So I am gonna kick off today's draft with. I am gonna go. I am gonna go on the women's side. And I hold on, let me just check one thing here. I am gonna take uh uh Joycelyn Chip Goss guy from Kenya. Wow, okay. Do you not like that pick, Mike? I think it's fine. Mike I think it doesn't fine. like the pick. No, I think it's fine. I'm I am surprised to see it as the first overall pick. I think it's fine. Uh, on the woman's side, obviously, she isn't the one with the fastest time in the field. However, she is the one with the most recent fast time in the field. So I think it's I know what I'm doing. I know what um, I'm doing. Yeah, no. And, and to your to, to your point, I think uh, the strategy of going woman first makes sense to me. Um, so, yeah, I think that's fine. Uh all right so i guess i am gonna go on to the men's side um and i'm gonna take the the third fastest uh man to run a marathon of all time and my guy uh bur hanu legase Ran at 20248 in Berlin in 2019. I get it. It's been a couple of years. Um, but as I mentioned before, it's a strong year, and you have the third fastest, you know, people talk talk Kipchoge, they talk Bekele, yada yada yada. I think Bekele didn't show up because Legace is showing up, and he's the third fastest marathoner to ever do it. So that's who I am taking. I thought I was gonna get him round two. Yeah, well. Oh. I'll pick Michael Tott. It does make you just kind of miss the Bekele. Now that we're actually like picking through these, I would have been really interested to see where Bekele falls in this with some of his injury history and where he stands. Cause he could be, you know, a one or a DNF. I'm CNS, DNF. But anyways, all right. I'm going to take it back to the woman's side. Then uh, I think Mike, you were expecting Perez Jeptricher to be the first pick. And so I will take her the reigning Olympic gold medalist who uh, 
has the fastest time in the field, even though uh, Jeb Cosguy has run a little quicker last year. But Jeb Churcher, uh, I think, is probably the I don't know. She's right up there with Jeb Cosguy as kind of the favorite going in. Fifth, so I like fastest her. all time. Yeah, I like her as the if I can get her with the last pick of the first round. And then I'm looking at this start list here on the woman's side, and there's kind of a big drop off time wise between uh, the top three women and beyond. So I think if I can take the other sub 218 woman, uh, I'm going to I'm going to get this name wrong for sure. Uh, Dagiti Azimura. But she has never I was just kind of doing my research here like I always do so in depthly. I uh, never run a marathon over 220. She's only run a few marathons. She's young. She's only like 23 years old, but she just has run consistently sub 220. Uh, and so that just puts her right at the top for me as someone that can compete. And I think by doing that, I'm making the next woman selected, uh, you know, a, a bit of a drop off past those top three. Yikes. Okay. So, um, yeah. That kind of puts me in a little bit of a box here. How you like me now? That kind of puts me in a little bit of a box here. Uh, but okay, so my plan was originally to go uh, with a male and then right to the female field, but with three women coming off the board there, and I'm the only one with a a a, a male. I'm just gonna kind of try and load up where I can. Um, I'm going to go with Lawrence Chirono. He won the, the Boston marathon 2019. He's got the third fastest time in this field. Um, and he ran a two Oh three in 2020. So he's not that far off from a very, very fast time. He's won Boston before. So he's very familiar with this course. Um, so I feel pretty confident there i you know I, I don't know if he's a guy who could win it this year but i feel pretty confident with him as a guy who's going to finish with a pretty low stick so i feel great about my guy lawrence chirono i like it mike all right so does it come to me to you steve for two that didn't, that didn't necessarily play out how i had hoped um that puts me in kind of a tough spot here. Do I take the smart picks or do I take the picks that I was hoping to get round three, four? Oh, um, all right. All right. So we are going to go. Uh, I think. Everybody was hoping that this was going to sleep a little bit, but this is, this is, I have to make this pick. So we're going to go Molly Seidel with my second overall pick. I mean, I mean, there's some, there's some athletes out there ranked higher than her, but um, reigning bronze medalist, this is her hometown course. Uh, she's done nothing but deliver for me in my picks. Um, she's done nothing but shock the world in every single race, every single marathon she's ever run. So we are going to go Molly Seidel with the number two pick. And you get that little American boost. If I remember the format, right. I was trying so, to pay attention during all the rules. So, so that only counts to the six picks. So she doesn't. Ah, okay. pick. 
Um, Still, though, you know she's going to compete her ass off and be near the front. She just always does. So, so if this guy, it's way too early to pick him, but I'm going to pick him because if I don't get him, he is my you know, plus 4,000 pick to win the race. And if I don't get him on my team, then I am going to be very upset. We're going to go with Gabriel Guillet uh, from Tanzania for my third pick. Steve, what makes you think he's your like plus 4,000 guy? He was yeah. not on my yeah. radar for people I was picking. Well, I mean, he's, he's got, he's got, let's see, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh, eighth. He's the eighth ranked men, male in the field, just on PRs. So I thought he was a little bit further down the list, but he's, he's one of the younger guys in the field at 25 years old. And he just ran a 204 in Milan last year. So uh, he, I'm going to, I'm going to put him on my roster as, uh, as, as somebody that, you know, he's not, he's not, he's not a super high seed, but he's uh, I think he's the dark horse to win this thing. So love it. All right. I think your pick of Gabriel uh, Gay is fine. I think you probably could have got him in the fourth or fifth round if I'm being honest. Um, but your pick of Molly Seidel, I think, is great. Uh, I think we were all probably eyeing her. And you're probably looking at, a, a, you know, maybe if there's other people who are doing this draft um, that might wait a little bit more on Molly Seidel. I think we have the American bias. I think we all are huge Molly fans. Um, but I think it was a good pick. Um, okay, I am going to go with kind of uh, – tried and true veteran here in this pick uh never won at boston but he's a two-time new york uh winner in jeffrey kim kim War. uh he just ran his pr in 2021 in valencia so i think he's kind of on a hot streak he's proved he can win at a major uh marathon at this point and I think he's kind of one of those guys who, when you look at the seating list, he falls down kind of in like the 10th, 12th range. But I think he's the type of guy who can win this marathon. Uh, like I said, he's a two-time major champ um, and is coming off of a, a very fast time, a, a recent PR, which a lot of the guys at the top of this list are two, three, four years away from their PR, their fastest marathon. So I feel pretty good about Jeffrey and uh, yeah, I'm rounding out so far. I feel pretty good about this list in general. Yeah. He was definitely on my radar uh, recovering from being hit by a motorcycle. Yeah. I somewhat recently. I did, I did so see that the, uh, the talk on let's run is, is just about how healthy is he? Uh, which is a fair question to ask if you've been recently hit by a motorcycle on a train <laughs> run, but <laughs> I, uh, I hope for your sake and for all our sake as, as fans that he's in good enough shape. All right. So I've got a couple of the top women. I should probably try to, well, I guess it could be strategy to just go after uh, and put a, a, just a, a stamp on the women's field, but I think I'll, I'll, I'll try to balance my team out here. Uh, I'm going to grab 
Uh, Lemmy Berhanu, who was second last year at Boston, he wasn't really on my radar going into the race and was kind of a surprise me to see him uh, at the front. He's won Boston before, I think way back in 2015. Uh, I like, I like guys that have performed at Boston before. It's a special course. It, it's a, a, you know, the, the Hills are, are uh, make it, make it famous. And it, and it, it just requires, like, I feel like a toughness that, um, some people, you don't know what it's going to be like. So I, I like that he's performed well there before. Who'd you take, Trent? Uh, Lemmy Berhanu. Mm. And then on top of that, man, I'm not sure which direction I wanted to go here. Um, there's a couple men at the top. The, the men's field is deep i feel like like just even looking at these times here there's a lot of guys between the high you know lagasse with the 202 high a lot of 203s a lot of 204s in the field uh that are pretty pretty damn legit that i think there's a lot of people that could be in contention here so it's probably a lot of good picks i'll i'll take uh evans chibet she he's got the second best time on the board here uh out of kenya and i think he's just Mm -hmm. one of the guys in the mix that could be there at the finish yeah it's a good pick Thank you. It's a good pick. Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, so I've gone three men off the top here. Um, when I look at my uh, woman's big board, um, obviously I had Chip Cheer Cheer and uh, um, Jeff Coe's guy as my one, two. But my number three woman is still out there in the field. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take her now here with uh, Edgen uh, Woldu from Ethiopia. Again, I think it's important here looking at people who've run a fast marathon recently. And she ran a 220 in Valencia last year. I think she's coming off a very fast year. Um, and, you know, there's some woman above her who it's been a little bit since they've run a fast time. Uh, I think that she's got a good chance to place high in this race. Uh, and I think she is a contender to win this race. So I feel pretty good getting her in the fourth round. Um, and as my first woman off the board. So that's where I'm at. So is it back to me? Back to you. All right. So we are going to go. We gonna go is my uh is my guy is my guy um sissy lemma still out there yeah at least so we're gonna take sissy or sissy every say his name um he is a little against my strategy here like Mike, I'm going for youth and I'm going for I'm going for some some fast times recently. But Sissy Sissé is a he's got a 203 in Berlin back from 2019. He's from Ethiopia. I believe he's a little bit on the other side. I think he's like 33, 32, somewhere in that range. So a little bit of a veteran presence. But you always see, I feel like in Boston, when that lead pack goes you get this, you get, you get like, uh, there's, there's usually like a guy that's on the come up, 
Um, you get a guy in his peak and then you get a guy that's taken, you know, taken one more uh, stab at greatness, you know, maybe one last great big city marathon. And I think that might be our, my guy Lemma here. So I'm going to take Sase Lemma um, with my fourth pick. And then with my fifth pick, I am going to take another risk here. I'm going to swing for the fences. I'm not going to play it safe with this pick. And we are going to go with Trent. Trent you think he's, you think he's going to do it? You think he's going to go with his guy, Yuki? <laughs> oh, that would make I want my... to. I want to. He's I not mean, American. I mean, so I mean, on... the last pick. I mean, honestly, Steve's a fraud if he doesn't go with Yuki here. An absolute fraud. You're not going to bully me into this pick. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Maureen Chep Kimoy. Now, I don't know much about this runner, to be honest, but she is she has a 220 in Amsterdam in 2021 last year. She's from Kenya. But if I'm reading this correctly, she is 23 years old. So she is on the come up. Um, and this could, this could be a swing of the fences. She could get in over her head and completely bomb out there on the, on the Hills of Newton, or she could be the next big marathoner in this sport. So I'm going to take a risk and, uh, and pick, uh, pick, uh, uh, Marine Chepkamoy. I mean, the fact that you don't have Yuki on your team is, uh, no, I know. And you, you weren't really taking the safest picks too. You know, I mean, I guess I appreciate you following where your heart's at, but uh, if you were taking some long shots in there, Yuki was. Listen, if we were right getting, rain, for you. if we were getting rain on Monday, he'd be, he'd be, uh, he'd be one, one. Fair enough. All right. So uh, I mentioned that I had a big board here and the first two women, of course, were off my big board. Um, but now I'm in a situation where I'm going to be able to get my three and my fourth woman on my big board, which I feel pretty great about. Um, so I'm going with uh, Purity Changwani from Kenya. Again, this same strategy of kind of uh, taking a uh, the younger athlete with a recent fast marathon. Um, like I said, I think there's a, a lot of people at the top of this list who have fast marathons, but it's been quite some time since they've run a fast marathon. And I think, um, you know, riding the momentum of these people who have, and these, these fast women who have done it recently and shown that they're in the shape that they're in. So I'm going with purity and I feel pretty good about my, my uh, first five at this point. Who now this? I'm just, who I can't, I don't see this. Who is the, who are you talking about, Mike? Purity Changwani. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth 10th on the uh, kind of, I guess the BAA list here. You see that? Purity. Purdue? No, 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 no. Right above per, the, the name above Purdue. Viola Cheptu? No, in between in between Purdue and Viola. I don't I got, have that. I got nobody in between Viola and Charlotte there. What list are, what list are you guys looking at? 
the one on the baa.org let's all refresh our pages here uh so you guys got to go to the most recent update ah are we behind steve yeah so what, what list are you guys looking at if you go to the tuesday april 5th list mm. i think mike just picked somebody that's not on the starting list i don't know this is great. This would be the first time that's not me that picks somebody that's not starting. Mm. I don't even know if they're starting or not, but I'm gonna. Yeah, play there we go. Look at look at Mike getting the inside inside info there. No, I think you're probably right. I think she might not be on this list. No, she is. Well, she what's what's on- the name again, Mike? Give me give me one more time. We're gonna get the <laughs> stats and research department on it. Her name is Purity. <laughs> I'm starting to lose faith in this here. Purity Chang Wani. Purity. Right. I'm sure Chang. I spelled that right as I as I searched that. So Pure. which is the right list? Because the, the girl I just picked isn't on the list that Mike's talking about. Oh boy, we just made this interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Updated start list announced here. for the. I think, no, she is. Never mind. I'm good. Yeah. So this is April fifth. The updated start list announced for the 126 Boston Marathon. Lock yeah. and change in a week. Yeah. Okay. So we're good. We're good. Right. Hold on. Maybe. No, we're good. Purity, yeah, purity's on there. We're good. I'm looking at the most up-to-date list. You guys are wrong. You made me feel insecure, and I don't appreciate that. I would have been so excited if Mike took somebody that wasn't running. That would have made my day. All right, Trent, you're up. You got two picks as well, so I hope you took this oh, time boy. criticizing me and being critical of me to make sure that you had these two picks really locked in and loaded and you feel really good about them. I spent all that time just desperately hoping yeah. I would find some sort of affirmation that Purity was not running in the race, but I am failing to do so, and I fear that I will continue to be the lone member that likes to pick uh, people that aren't actually participating in the race for my fifth pick in the Boston marathon draft. I'll take Albert career. He doesn't exactly have the fastest PR on the list here. He's a two Oh eight guy, but he is coming off a win in New York city in the fall. So he's shown that he could win uh, big city marathons. And I think that counts for something. So as a fifth pick, I'm pretty happy that he, he fell to number. Uh, he fell to me right here. And Mike, then, I'll oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I I, no, I no, no. use more time to figure out my next pick here. No, I'll take your time, Trent. All right. Uh, all right. So I need American here. I don't have any American yet. And with Molly off the board, I think now it's kind of so up. Do you have Do you have a top five rounded out? I got a top five already. Yep. Right. And so this now will we're be my coming six. back. We're coming back on the American picks here. Come back on the American. You picks. get the top overall from the American pick here. Well, there's no Molly, which I think would have been our first American picks. So with her off the board, I think I will go. Oh, man, there's so many. If you just kind of look at the star list, there's so many U.S. men that are all kind of 
uh, right in the same range here in that kind of like 210-ish PR situation. Um, I like C.J. Albertson. He, last year, he took it out and was, uh, I don't think he got caught till like mile 20 or something like that. Uh, but it was awesome to see him kind of lead the field and it takes, it takes balls and kahunas like that to go out there and go, and he held on. That was the thing, right? He didn't, he didn't go out like crazy and then fall apart. He went out like crazy and then he held on. So I know he's got the confidence to run up front in this race. Uh, and there's no reason that he's not going to put himself in the contention again this year. So I'm pretty excited to have him as my American representative. I think that's, I think you'd be stupid not to take him as with the with the first overall pick in the american draft with molly tonight off the board as the as the caveat so i think that's a very smart pick you can't rely on me to make smart picks though so that was still a surprise that i went with one mike i was gonna say it is i i would have bet money that trent would have taken lalisa decia uh with the, yeah i mean i it's honestly crazy that none of us didn't pick lalisa <laughs> wait he wasn't taken yet no. no, do you want him? No, no, it sounds like he's not running. So no, no, he's running, him. but no, he's, he's running. He has <laughs> a 204. He has a 204 PR. 204 and, a, and, and he's a two-time Boston winner. I but believe I, I will. He is 100% running, but if you want, I will let you sub him out for your fifth pick. I believe I picked him in years ago when we were talking about track and field and marathoning. And, and I've gained a little bit more knowledge since then. And I think I will pass on deceased this year. But you better believe I was doing a quick little Google to but, see if there was any interesting stories about him. Being but honestly, like as a fifth round pick, it's it's a pretty good pick. He's a, like no, I said, not. he does it for fun every year. No, he's a two time Boston winner. Like you just never know. You never know. <laughs> He does like, like 20 miles a week and he runs Boston for fun every year. He's actually the man. He just, he, yeah, he's a I mean, like that comes I, out and does his victory lap every year. He's the man. I predicted Trent taking it with like his first overall pick, which would have been funny, but taking him as a fifth round flyer. Like, I think that's fine. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm in a weird spot here because I have two. I mean, so I have the pick that we all want to make and we all, you know, emotionally want to make that I'm not going to make. Um, I think we all kind of can deduce where I'm going with that one. But then I'm between one dude and one female. And Wait, I just want to go. I don't understand where you want to go. Is that the Desi pick? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't trying You're to American. Oh, I wasn't well, trying. I wasn't. I'm not, I'm not taking Desi. Steve's so not taking about. Desi. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't trying to tip any picks, but like, yeah, obviously I want to pick Desi. Like, who doesn't want to pick Desi in this situation? Um, so I do want to pick her, but I'm not going to. But I am split very firmly between one guy and one girl. I am too. And... I know for a fact who Steve's going to pick if I don't. If you take, take the male, he's going to take the female. Yes, he's going yeah. to he's gonna be excited about it. And yeah. I don't know what I would do in your situation because there's a male on the have, board that I'd be pretty excited about as well. Yeah. I think we have different male favorites. I know we, who you're we, we, we probably have different male favorites. I know. I mean, I think we all I, know. I think, I think we I all know. We all know who the female, the female is for sure. hundred percent. We all know. 
man. And I just don't. All right. I'm going <sighs> to. Sometimes, sometimes you got to think about who does your competitor want. And then that could help dictate your pick. All right. So what I had was... Steve be most pissed off if you take. So, so let me be clear. I had a big board. And on my big board, the male is higher than the female. However, I am going to shift away from my big board and I am going to do what we all would do here. And I'm going to take Nell Rojas. Ah, I mean, I have to. I mean, that. Yeah, Nell, Nell's a beast. I'm going to be cheering against my pick now. That's just a fact. <laughs> I mean, I want Nell to do good. Um, so for me, it's you were thinking Colin Benny, right? I was thinking Colin Benny. I mean, how could I not be the Massachusetts guy? He's always at the top. I love Colin Benny. There's one other guy on this that has been running very well. He is now a Massachusetts native. And we have an emotional connection to him through the podcast. Wait, wait. He's now a Massachusetts native. How do you become a Massachusetts native? He runs for BAA now. He he left his other club and he's now a member of BAA. I don't think that makes you a native, though. Don't you have to be from there to be a native? Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's living here now. But I'm okay. saying I feel like you have to have grown up there to be a native. He's now fine. He's a uh, resident. Now resident. He's now oh, okay. Calls us his hometown. All right. I know. Like you're I'm going. not an Idaho native, although I would love to say I am, but. So it, I, I, I do love this pick. I do love this. I pick. don't know if I'm taking it yet. I'm debating between the two. Okay. Matthew McDonald is running very, very well. Yeah. I, yeah. He's running very well right now. And of course, um, our connection to Matthew McDonald goes way back. It goes way back. But I feel like it's a deep one. It's, it's like we're tight with Matthew McDonald's family going back to Atlanta. And it's, cr- it's crazy that we haven't had Matt McDonald on this podcast yet. It's crazy. It's yeah. our first episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Trent. That's a good point. Yeah. But Colin Benny's just, oh, man, it's a tough one. Colin Benny has denied us on the podcast twice. So true. I'm, you know what? Here's the thing don't question your gut. My gut has been on Matt McDonald all day. I'm going Matt McDonald. I, I I think the smart move is ben, the smart move is Benny. There's no doubt about it. But my gut's telling me Matt McDonald. And if I pick Benny and McDonald has the race of its life, then I'm gonna be kicking myself all day. So I'm gonna I'm it's gonna ruin my Boston Marathon. So I'm going Matt McDonald for my USA pick. There it is. Sometimes the best picks are the ones that you just feel best about. If you're putting your money behind it, it's like what would you be most excited for or disappointed about and and that can dictate it so man we if we did just like americans if we picked our top six americans we could have taken like three hours on this the the conversation's wrong we can like know where each other's heads are at and who's picking what with the international field it gets a little a little more kind of pre and and past championships but the americans are fun mike you would have been crazy not to take nel rojas yeah, I know, but I just I like I like Colin Benny a lot too. It, I was in a tough spot. I'm shocked you didn't take Colin Benny, but I do like your pick. Matt, Matt's our guy. All right, boys, let's uh let's kick off the bell lap. Mike, what do you got people on the bell lap? So I did a I did a thing tonight 
that um, makes me super nervous. And I don't often give uh, gambling picks publicly. Um, but tonight I felt so strongly about a pick that I, uh, JT Brubaker, three and a half strikeouts, the over. Uh, so I went on every text form I could, every people I know who uh, might be interested in this pick. And I, I, I went in on it. In the first inning, he walked three people, gave up three runs, and I thought he was going to get pulled in the first inning. He probably should have got pulled in the first inning. However, he pulled through. He got four strikeouts, and he struck out Juan Soto, who, the guy who I consider to be the best hitter in all of baseball twice. So half of his strikeouts were against the best hitter in baseball. Um, so I just want to say thank you, JT Brubaker, for figuring it out, getting me those four strikeouts and uh, not making me look like a fool tonight. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? First off, I was not on any of those text messages. Not that I like follow baseball as closely as, you know, the, the clan that I'm, I'm hanging out with right now, but I'm disappointed I didn't get that. I need to do a quick shout out because the Celtics are starting their playoff series. Not tonight as Steve almost gave us all a heart attack, but uh, I believe Sunday is their first game. But I mainly wanted to just go back to Tiger Woods because we had fun uh, making fun of the coverage of his ice baths. But I don't want that. I don't want anyone to be confused and let that take away from what we saw uh, last weekend at the Masters. The guy... I mean, just watching him bend down to like pick his ball up, right? To kind of like get out of the bunker and climb out. His body is just a wreck. And the fact that he was out there uh, uh, golfing his ass off and the fact that he goes into that and legitimately believes with like a straight face that he could win, right? And that's why he said he was there. Imagine if we only got on a line when we thought we could win the race. Like I just, the mindset he had, uh, is inspirational to us all. And the fact that he was out there doing what he was doing uh, fired me up the whole entire weekend. So I just didn't want there to be any confusion. We're not belittling Tiger uh, what he went through. We were, we were just making fun of the coverage of the ice baths. I mean, I didn't want to get into it when we were talking about the Masters, but it's an illegitimate tournament. Um, Ray's Creek has to go fill it in. Um, and I, yeah, I just refused to accept scotty scheffler as a winner or really anybody else who played on that day um because of the travesty that is race creek and then we we need a whole other podcast episode for that um i will use my bell lap to say that there is 204 days left until the indianapolis marathon um i did a badass 10 mile tempo run last night i crushed it and you know what I did afterwards, boys, after I crushed that 10-mile tempo run? What? I went and looked up St. Elmo's uh, menu, and I started yeah. looking at the most <laughs> items on that menu. So uh, get ready. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to order a nice, fat, juicy steak and a nice bottle of wine for myself after I kick your asses in Indianapolis in 204 days. We got mm-hmm. a whole year to go. Yeah, it's a long, it's a long way. All right, boys. I don't know if I, I don't. How do I? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think you just end it. I think you just go. No, for no, it. no, no. We can do better now. Let's say. No, I think you just go for it. Oh, how about we do this? How we do this? 
I didn't even think uh, of oh, this. Oh, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, boys. The Athletic Integrity Unit is at my door, and I got to go. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a-